This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, your source for college hockey in the desert southwest, part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com family. All right, welcome in hockey fans in the desert southwest, around the world, around the United States, Canada, on Long Island, New York, and here in Scottsdale, Arizona. You can see my co-host, Paul Hornstein, out in Long Island, is ready for game day. He's got the jersey on, folks. He's wearing the jersey tonight for the podcast. So if you're listening to us, let me tell you, he's wearing the maroon jersey because um, we're not letting him wear any other colors yet, just maroon. Um, that, he's wearing number 89, so I don't know what that means. I know what that means. Do you? <laughs> alum, alum, alum. Oh, yeah, hint, hint, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't have the same number on both jerseys. Just in case yeah, I noticed that. I noticed yeah. that. Okay, so we're not going to talk about in. the number on the other one. Welcome in, as I told Coach Powers today. It is uh, September, and we're talking hockey, so that means October and the opening night can't be far away. Two and a half weeks, really, to be honest with you. So, um, you know, welcome into hockey season. Honestly, I was getting to the point where, not that I was trying to rush the summer to be over, (laughs) I was trying to hope we could push some of the weekends to be a little faster, but... Honestly, to, to even hear you say two and a half weeks till the season starts, uh, it's like, holy cow, weren't we just talking about months before the season started? Because that's what <laughs> well, it seems like. Well, for those that don't know, today was the first media availability for the Sun Devils. I was a chance, had a chance to get down there. Also meant that's the first of our five-minute power plays, which you can see at IcetimeHockeySW.com. You can get the tweets at CollegeHockeySW on Twitter. And more importantly, you can listen to Coach Powers right here with, with uh, Paul and I as uh, we're going to interject our uh, our five-minute Powers play, which today was like a 10-minute uh, game misconduct or something because it went a little long. But well, we you also had three frequently. months to catch up on. Yeah. <laughs> we do that frequently anyway because uh, we have a lot to talk about with Coach. But a uh, couple of things, and I'll, I'll just start this off. A couple of things that I took away from practice today was it was a different practice than the last four years that I watched them practice. Here's why. There was a lot of skill development work. I mean, there was, and Coach touched on this as well. There was a lot of skill development, a lot of specialty teams work. We're two and a half weeks away from the first game, Paul, and we're working specialty teams and skills. And this team was passing the puck, moving the puck, frustrated when they weren't doing exactly like they wanted to. Uh, I tweeted out some pictures of the goaltenders in front of uh, a pile of tires, which I hadn't seen for a long, long time in hockey, as a uh, as a as a person to uh, cause a little interference in front of the net. So it was different this year. It really was, and uh, it looked like the guys were matter of fact and ready to get going. I don't want to say they were bored, but I think they're ready to play some hockey games already. Well, first of all, we have to remember that this is a little bit of an unusual year. Uh, they played the tournament in China. Yep. So they've kind of had their preseason conditioning camp already. Um, this session here, this this time period here before October 5th in Mercyhurst is almost kind of, we're just going to shake what little rust we have off for the two or three weeks that we didn't have any official practices or, you know, organized team activities, so to speak where the coaches are involved. I mean, players will normally get together on their own uh, and and do their own thing, but it's not the same as 
okay, the coaches are here with the whistles, and this is what we're going to do, and this is what we're going to do, and this is what we're going to do, because now you have the eagle eyes on you, whereas in those... Yeah. You're doing captain's practice. Yeah, in those things, uh, it's it's not quite the same. The intensity probably isn't the same. I'm not saying that they're fooling around and not working, but yeah, you know, it's different. It's, it's we all different. know that it's different. It's different. You know. Okay, so um, let me tell you a couple of things also that I noticed on the ice today. The coaches came out in some really sweet-looking gray tracksuits, and I coached uh, commented to Coach Powers with how cool they looked in that gray. That was kind of sharp. Um, the other thing was. They were wearing their new Sun Devils written down the side of their pants, hockey pants. Right. And I thought that was pretty cool. So I took a couple of pictures of that. I put my uh, favorite, how did I put it? My favorite married Latvian, Gavita uh, Janssens. I put that out there because. Uh, how many Latvians do you know? Uh, I know two. Oh, okay, well, you know. Hey, <laughs> and the other one is my favorite unmarried Latvian, by the yeah, way. Yeah, okay, that's all right. Um, <laughs> uh, I just wanted to so, check. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it was a lot of fun. It was a great, great being out there. Uh, coach, coach, a little humor in the in the scrum today, talking about things and and talking about the fact that his his returning goaltender didn't make the trip to China because of a comical error. His he called it the comic book story where the, the dog ate the passport. He said it literally happened to to uh, Evan DeBrower, and he felt terrible for Evan, but he said Evan, in true spirit, stayed back and uh, worked hard and. He, you know, he threw some different things out to me. He said Evan last year was chosen by the by his teammates as the hardest working practice player, which said something. He also said something that was really interesting about his goaltenders. He said, we've got three goaltenders that came in, and we lost Joey Decord. And everybody said, who's going to be the Joey Decord this year? And he said, nobody. And we all kind of looked at him funny, and he said, Joey Decord is a great goaltender. Joey Decord is Joey Decord. Joey Decord is gone and playing for the Senders, and we root for him every day. But I told every one of the goaltenders that came in, we did not take you in to be Joey Decord. We brought you in because we like what we saw in you, and we want you to be the very best that you can be. He also commented about the sizes of his goaltenders. And I said, have you ever had a group like that that was so, you know, different size-wise? And he said, well, you know, Evan and Max are pretty close, but Max is bigger. And then Justin has his own style, a little smaller. I said, how does Eddie Lack going to adjust to that? And he said that uh, Eddie's going to work with each one of the goaltenders and focus on what they do best. See, I thought you were going to tell me they put more or less tires on the pile. And, <laughs> and that's how they're going to deal with it. But uh, uh, well, you know, like we, could talk, we could talk a little bit about this. Uh, I'll give you my thoughts after uh, we listen to the coach. Uh, in a little bit uh, later on in the podcast. Um, I know that, uh, uh, I, I don't know, I, I assume, you, I don't know why you'd lie to me, but uh, I know you were uh, <laughs> mentioning to us before, or mentioning to me before we started that uh, the depth on this team will make a difference uh, whether guys can be in the lineup or not. Um, and I think people need to realize that the guys that can't play this year, uh, in terms of being redshirted and not eligible to play yet, plus the guys that, uh, will be fighting for spots in the lineup, 
will make this team be better because there's always going to be uh, somebody nipping at your heels to get their shot in the games because you've got players that A, have been used to playing and B, you know, if, if they haven't been, they want to be. And they're always going to push because if, if you don't push above and beyond what's going on, you're not even going to sniff the ice during a game. Absolutely. Well, let me throw out a couple of things on that. We talked about two years ago, the, the talk was um, Austin Lemieux, how he was the practice leader, how he did everything right, um, how he led the guys when they were on the road and they were back home. Um, today, I was told by Coach Powers that Evan DeBrower was that guy. Last year, even though he went on the road as the backup goaltender, he was the hardest working practice player selected by his team. Well, let me throw out a name that's going to be the guy that wins it this year. I can already tell you right off the get-go. And there's a couple of renters that are pretty good, but Chris Grando, the uh, the transfer from Boston College, right? Yeah, I believe it was Boston College, yeah. Okay. Uh, Chris Grando is going to be that guy because he's already taken that leadership role. He understands that he's a redshirt. He understands that he can't play this year, but he's going to do everything he can to help his teammates win a national championship this year, even if he can't be on the ice to do it with them. So that's what I'm going to watch for in practice an awful lot, especially over the next couple of weeks is – how he pushes those guys. And then when you mentioned depth, the other thing that Coach Powers told me, and this is something you don't hear very often. I mean, I, I've been around a lot of hockey, right? And coaches right. will talk about their top six. I have a top six forward group. Coach Powers said he can't say top six. He said, I have to say top nine. And if you remember this summer we're talking, I said, how are they going to do this year? They're going to do very well because their top six is as good as any in college hockey, in my opinion. Secondly is they're going to win hockey games because that third and fourth line are better than everybody else's third and fourth line. Well, you have that situation uh, because you have guys coming back and they added a bunch of players. Uh, they, they, they added the, the uh, Genuines and they added um, Sanchez and they added uh, – Nearum. Nearum. Eventually, I'll get that right. I haven't really heard <laughs> it pronounced yet, so it's not 100% in my head. Um, and, you know, you've got guys that have gotten regular playing time uh, but have been moved around a lot, like uh, Jordan Sandu and P.J. Morocco and, 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 and Austin Lemieux and, and Philip Bunces. These guys have been moved around a lot, and I, I can't imagine – they don't want to. They want. They are not showing up to practice. Like I don't want to. I don't want to come to the rink wondering where I'm going to play. I want right. to know, and I want to yeah. force my way into the lineup, um, especially when they added uh, these extra players. And you know, there are a couple of guys that haven't seen the ice yet because of injuries in Jax Murray and Max Balanson. And those guys, uh, you know, Balanson's been around a while. Murray's a freshman. Uh, and coach is high on him too, uh, as you would expect, or he wouldn't be here. Uh, but this is just adding to the numbers that, honestly, uh, just adds to the fight. So it's just one more guy that those guys at the bottom of the depth chart are going to have to fight their way through 
to get some regular playing time. And that's just the forwards. I think it's going to be even harder for the defenseman. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really it think is. it's going to be harder for the defenseman because you know it's Jacob Wilson. You know it's Jared Gourley. You know it's Josh Maniscalco. You know it's Brinson Passionate. And just based on, and obviously it's the only thing we can go on at this point, uh, in terms of uh, the, the third defenseman pair, and I should have these in my head, but I don't have them there yet. And that's my problem. But Semek and uh, and 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 Judson, um, those guys well, were paired up right. when they went to China, and I don't I and I don't really let see me, that change. So no, let me let me tell you that right off the get go. That was one of the things Coach talked about today. Was uh, very impressed to Semek and Judson said they could fill anybody's top six defensive role. He likes them together. He, he likes their chemistry together. And then we're talking about chemistry. I can't tell you this enough. Brinson Passionate and Josh Maniscalco are like they're attached at the hip Siamese twins or something. Every time they go somewhere, they're together. I mean, everywhere I look on the ice, I, and Brinson just got married, so I wonder how that works with Josh being at their house all the time. Or <laughs> Yeah, I don't. That, that, keep me out of that. I don't want to know anything about that. But, but seriously, the chemistry between those two is is incredible and you see it in every drill that they do they're they're like everywhere on the ice they're together it's see, uh, and i think that they're going to get more minutes than they have oh, yes. i i I, oh, yes. I know that the depth is is better than ever um and maybe i shouldn't say they're going to get more and more minutes i think coach will be more selective uh with the the minutes he gives those guys for example um, he might give an even rotation for his defensive pairs in those first two games against Mercyhurst. But then don't be surprised if Pashnuk and Maniscalco get uh, 25 to 27 minutes, depending on the penalty situation, uh, at Minnesota State. So, you know. Well, let, me, he, let me interject this. Um the playing time and the and the things that are going to get better because of the the depth is the fact that you're going to be able to use Brinson and Josh Maniscalco on the power play a lot more. Maybe there were times in, in last year where they weren't able to be out there because they just come off a shift. Well, he's going to be able to make changes to make sure that they are on the ice and fresh when he needs them the most. Uh, end of the game, end of periods, starting in periods, you're going to see those that pairing an awful lot. Well, I, I think one of the things going into this season that people need to look out for uh, definitely is does the power play get more consistent? When it was on, oh. it was on. Yeah. But when it wasn't, there were enough times where it cost them uh, Can I give you lot. three names that's going to make that different? Sure. James Sanchez, oh, right? Logan Genuine, Demetrius Kumanzis. Well, those three are going to change the power play, and the reason for that is they're deadly scorers, right? But they're also very good passers. So you and I have talked for a year and a half now about Johnny Walker, and sometimes teams were able to key in on him, and they would look for him over in the OB zone uh, to get that shot off. Well, this year. You can't do that. If you try to do that, you're going to get burnt on the backside by Sanchez, Genuine, 
Demetrius Comanzis, PJ Morocco, Jordan Sandu. I mean, I can go down the list of guys that could fill that role. And that's why when we talked to coach today, and we're going to go to him in just a minute here, I asked him point blank. I said, is this the year that, that Johnny Walker gets help? And he, he kind of gave me a wry smile. He didn't really say, and then he said, I don't want to say gets him more help, but I will tell you that we're going to be a lot more, we're going to have a lot more depth in scoring, and we're going to score a lot of goals. Uh, his words, not mine. He said he scored 23 last year. I can guarantee you he's going to score more than 23 this year. Uh, coach, um, <laughs> I'm going to tell you the same thing that I tell Scott. Uh, one game at a time, and let's 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 take let's go from there. I have to be consistent. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's take a quick break. Let's bring the coach in and uh, do our five-minute powers play right in the middle of the uh, College Hockey Southwest Weekly podcast, and then we'll come back and you and I will react to it. Another edition of the five-minute powers play. Coach Greg Powers is with me with Arizona State. By the calendar, Coach, it's September. There's still a couple of weeks, two and a half weeks or so until the first game, but you guys already played some games, so... Um, First of all, let's recap the summer. How was it? It was awesome. It was just, uh, the, the trip was, I think, exceeded everybody's expectations. Literally in every single way you, you, could, you could, you know, judge it by. Um, just the team building, the bonding, um, the hockey, the, the people over in China, the experiences that our, our guys and our staff were able to get. Um, it was amazing. Okay, so you come back from China, you come back with a championship, and I know, uh, it, it, I don't know if it matters to you or doesn't matter to you, but anytime you play a game, you want to win, right? Yeah, well, it mattered. It mattered. We, we wanted to win that thing. We didn't know what we were getting into, right. you know? I mean, in um, some, some really good teams and some maybe not so good teams, so it was, it was a bag of, of uh, you know, mixed bag of competition. But at the end of the day, they were pros, and there were things about the way that they played um, that, that were great for our guys to go through, just how hard they are in pucks and strong they are in pucks and um, really tough to get through neutral zones against, you know, just guys that have been around the block and played a long time. So um, it, was, it was a tremendous experience from a hockey standpoint. And once we, we kind of realized, hey, I think we can win this thing, the guys got better every day and competed harder every day. And then it culminated with the, the, by far the best effort of the week in, in the championship game. So a couple of things that, that jumped out on me was the, the depth of your defensive core. They, they looked solid uh, right from the get-go. And the other thing that really jumped out at me was Johnny Walker. That's, I kind of joked with Craig Morgan over at the Coyotes the other day. I said, maybe this is the year that Clayton Keller gets some help instead of Clayton helping everybody out. And I'm looking the same way with Johnny Walker. Is this the year that Johnny Walker gets a little help? Well, I, I mean, Johnny's Johnny's Johnny. Like, J Johnny's... Johnny's going to want to score more than he did last year, and he's going to. You know, he's, he's absolutely going to get more than 23. Um, I'd, I'd bet anything because um, he just looks that good. So I, I, don't, I don't think we are, any of us look at it like he's, he needs more help because he, he's just going to keep, you know, but, but we have way more offensive prowess than we've ever had and more depth. We really have more of a top nine than a top six. Um, and... Uh, you know, I mean, he was so good over there, but, but, but you know, it, it's all a tribute to his, 
his work ethic off the ice. He put in more work in this offseason than he ever has before. He's bigger, he's stronger, he's faster. His detail is really good. He averaged 19 minutes of ice last year, and I told him if you want more than that, then yeah. your detail's got to get better defensively, and, and you got to get bigger and stronger. And, and, he, and he did everything I asked, and so he's going to get more ice. So with more ice, it's going to come more goals. You know, over the summertime, I had a chance to visit with your strength and conditioning coach, Leanne Blinn, and she told me that, you know, I asked her, I guess, is how are you getting these guys ready? And she said, well, they really get their, themselves ready, but she said she's never seen a group of guys that are eager to come and do off-ice workouts. And she told me some stories about guys that maybe couldn't bench their weight initially, and now they're like, they're into it. So what's the key to that? Is it Leanne? Is it the guys? Is it a combination? Where, where does that fall? First and foremost, is a credit to her. She's as good as it gets at what she does. She, she has the ability, and it's a very uh, unique ability that not many people have, where she can look at you with a smile and not offend you, and 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 call you a bad name, right? Like you know what I'm going with that. Like so, she can motivate these guys very well. She knows what she's doing. Um, she's unbelievable at what she does in every way. They respect her. They like her. They want to work hard for her. They don't want to let her down because they, they believe in what she has planned out for them. And, um, and then the, 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 the other piece of it is just our player leadership. We have an unbelievable group of captains, and they hold those guys accountable. We don't get involved in anything she does. You know, we, we stay very tight-knit and, and close in, in communication and well-synced with, with what we do here versus what to do in the gym. And Leanne's here all the time. She goes on our road trips. But we stay out of her way because we trust her, and, and she's better at doing that than, than we are. All right. I want to talk about maturity on this team for a little bit because you got a couple of guys that got married over the summer and, and Gavito and, and uh, Brinson. And I don't know as a coach if that's good or bad for you or if it really matters to you, but it, it shows a little bit of maturity, I think, from the outside looking in. What's the locker room like? Yeah, it, it's, it, it matters because I think it's, it's a great thing that those, those two guys – felt the need to uh, that they're in the right points of their lives and their relationships in order to, to do that so we're happy for them obviously Vito's wedding was all the way in Latvia so I think the only the only two that went were Phil and Max Balancing but um, Brinson's wedding was another great team building experience it was after China everybody went up he even invited all the new guys up and um, all the coaches and it was just an awesome experience to get out in kind of a social setting that was unique for everybody um, it was a non-ASU event, so to speak, and, and able to kind of let your hair down and have some fun. And, and it was awesome. It was, it was an incredible experience. We're happy for those guys. It hasn't changed the dynamic a bit. They were essentially already married. Now it's just a formality. All right, so two things we need to touch on. We need to talk about goaltenders because uh, your goaltending crew, everybody said, what's he going to have for goaltenders? He lost Joey Decord. And I told people that I knew Trust me, Coach Powers doesn't go into anything blindly. you got three guys that you look at as very good, very solid goaltenders, don't you? They're all really good. They're all really different, but they're all really good. We, we knew what we had in Evan. We knew what we had. He, he and Joey would be the first to tell you. He outplayed Joey in probably half the practices last year. Like, literally, he, he was – Joey was just so good, and he paid his dues. There was no – there was no, uh, no point in last season where we felt the need to, to sit him to motivate him or sit him to rest him or whatever. There, it just never made sense. We kept winning and kept having success, and we knew that once we, I think once we swept Michigan State, um, that, that we could be a tournament team, really, a really tournament team. And, and so we rode the wave, and it worked out. 
Um, and Evan was an incredible teammate. I mean, his, his guys have so much um, faith in him. I mean, they, they voted him best practice player last year because that's how good he was. So he's ready. Like, he's ready. He got to learn a ton from Joey last year. Max Prozic was unbelievable over in China. Um, came in and, and, and was just awesome. He got better every game. And, and Justin Robbins is, is a scrappy, athletic. He moves better than any goalie we have. He skates incredibly well. Um, and he, he, he's really competitive. He took Chicago and the USHL to the finals last year. So we have three guys we know we can win with. I kind of joked about it with uh, John Lofner, and I'll ask you this too. Have you ever had three goaltenders that were three completely different styles and sizes? I mean, you line those three up. I mean, you got, you got tall, medium, and smaller. Yeah, I mean, you know, Evan, Evan and, and Max are big, big boys. And Max is, looks a little bit bigger, but... Um, and then Robbins is, is a small, athletic, explosive guy. So, yeah, they, they all bring something different to the table. And if there's a point in time in the season where we think we need to kind of provide a different look to an opponent based on how a previous game went, we certainly have that, that uh, flexibility. Let's wrap up this edition of the 5-Minute Powers Play with uh, your newest assistant, Eddie Lack, came on board. Does the different styles and sizes of goaltenders make his job any harder? No, I don't think so. Um, it's one thing I love about Eddie is he, he – he doesn't try and change per se, you know, what got those guys here. He just takes what they have and develops it, you know. So he's not trying to make them something that they're not at all. Um, and they love him. They, they obviously have to respect what he has to say because he's been there. And he's been to the, the ultimate level and, and where they all want to get to. All right, two and a half weeks till we uh, drop the puck for real. I know you guys are chomping at the bit. It's always great to start the season. Mercier's coming in. We'll touch on that in the next couple of weeks. But... For right now, let's, uh, let's tell everybody out there that you're going to be jumping in on our podcast. We're going to insert this on our podcast as well. So College Hockey Southwest Weekly will now get another dose of Greg Powers in the five-minute Powers play. I'm not sure how, how many people are going to be happy about that, but that's awesome. good to hear. Trust me, a lot will. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co. All right. Well, Paul, you heard the coach. First Powers play of the season. Your thoughts on uh, on what I'm calling it? Oh, let's call it just what it was. It's a 10-minute misconduct that we had to bring out because the coach wanted to talk a little bit more. And, of course, I'm going to oblige him when he wants to talk. Sure, uh, why not? The, uh, the mic is open. Absolutely. Your thoughts? Um, there were a couple of things um, that he touched on that uh, I understand and agree with his, his philosophy of Joey Decord's not here anymore. But whether they want to say it or not, uh, all eyes will really be on whoever's in that net because uh, at least based on what we've seen, we know for sure that the forwards and the defensemen are just as good, if not better, uh, than last year. I don't want to say definitely better because we haven't really seen them play in a, in a, in a pressure situation yet. Um but the one place that we know is a big mystery is in that net. And uh, coaches 
point of him being confident to go to any of the goalies at any time, that's that's fine, and I would hope that he would. Uh, but at some point, uh, most coaches want to see one guy say, "Hey, this job is mine. Come and get it." And and I and I think that's what they will ultimately hope for. Um, you know, the, the, do they have enough nets to find that out quickly? Because they're going to have to. Um, yeah. I, I well, with with all due respect, and and ASU should be a better team than Mercyhurst, um, and should win those games. We're going to find out really early. I mean, I hate to keep repeating myself, but until there's actual game stuff to talk about on the ice. Um, those two games at Minnesota State, I can't, especially now if you've been following the game and following the team, you understand how important road wins are in terms of the pairwise, okay, and against good pairwise teams. And just from what we know or what we expect, we expect Minnesota State to be a top 10 team. That's safe enough to say they'll probably be higher than that to start the season. But you're going to go on the road. You're going to play them. And they've got a lot of experience coming back. They will have the edge in goaltending, at least on paper, to start with. So we have to see uh, how they play their goaltending situation. And we have to see how those guys react. Now, my guess is, and this is strictly a guess, I haven't spoken to the coach. I don't think it came up today, and I wouldn't have expected it to come up today. But my guess is those first four games on the schedule will be split evenly between uh, Prozic and DeBrower. And so we're going to get a a peek at what's going to be taking place in the Sun Devil net really, really early. And we're going to have... Uh, an idea of where they stand after those first few games. All right. I'll agree with you on a lot of that. A couple of things I'll disagree with. I think it's going to be the first two games that are going to be split. I think he's using camp right now and what happened in China and the Mercyhurst series to determine who that goaltender is going to be. I don't think he wants to, to go on a goaltender tandem at Minnesota State unless he has to. And if he has to, then it's bad news for Sun Devil Hockey because that means somebody's not doing their job back there. Um, the other thing I want to I want to throw out there is he talked about Joey, and he, he made a big point about saying, we don't want you to be Joey Decord. There's only one Joey Decord. We're happy for him. We're cheering for him. And of course. Him. But you got to be your own goaltender. Um, two things that, that make them their own goaltender. Well, okay, um, but just I'm just going to throw this out there because it's what I do. I suppose – you know, last year they opened up against Alaska. They threw two shutouts. What happens if you split the two games against Mercyhurst and you each goalie pitches a shutout? Then what do you do? Yeah. Well, he's going to use he's going to use the formula that he's using right now is okay. the guys that are in practice, who's doing what. He he's pretty good at at that. So yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I, I don't know exactly what you're saying, but I don't foresee that being a problem. I think he's going to try to narrow it down before Minnesota State. Could be wrong. I'm just throwing that out there. From I just what don't I know think. if there's enough time to do that. 
Well, that's why China was important. And, and Evan DeBrower was behind the eight ball, and he's got to make it up, and he knows it. He's got to make it up in practice. He's got to stand on his head to uh, to do that. And he's probably being, this is my guess, being the veteran that he is, albeit one year, he's going to be the incumbent that gets the first start opening night against Mercyhurst. Okay. If he performs like they hope he performs, he may go again. If he doesn't, Maybe. they may put Prodzik in there. Um, I think Justin Robbins is a kid that, that probably is going to be on the outside looking in for a little while. Um, just strictly because, you know, he, time. he's yeah. a freshman. The, yes. uh, one guy's a graduate yeah. transfer. The other yeah. guy's a junior. So, um, sophomore, sophomore. The Brower's a sophomore. Okay. Yep. Yep. All right. But either way, um, yeah. you know, but, but the other thing I was going to say is that, that the other difference I think this year is, and I, I don't want to downplay this, even though they downplay it at ASU a lot is Eddie Lack is a lot of experience and coach told me today that Eddie Lack um, brings a lot to the table and he fit right in with their program and what they want to do to have an experienced goaltender like that um, overseeing the program. Keep in mind that, that Mellon and nothing against Mellon. He did a great job when he was there, but Mellon was not a goaltender. Eddie Lack is an NHL caliber goaltender so to have him there, having him go video with those guys and pick their brains and show them where they need to be and how to play. The coach also said something that was really interesting today. He said the ability to have three goaltenders of three different styles, if you will, allows him to look at tape on the team that they're going to be facing and decide which goaltender he goes with. Now, that you and I both don't believe that that's going to come down to that. I don't believe but, that for a minute, coach. Sorry. But, I just but that's don't. A, but but that is an option, right? It is. It's, I it's can't like, deny that. It's like NFL football. If you if your starting quarterback is on, you know, maybe not practicing this week. You haven't watched um, New York football this year, have you? <laughs> but you don't know where – you don't know, so you have to prepare for both, right? He's not out. He's questionable. So you got to prepare for both. So maybe that's something that coach uses maybe. to his advantage. And, and then the final thing I'll throw out on this one is – I think this schedule this year is far more favorable than it was certainly last year and maybe in years past because, and here's why I say that there's some time there's some, you know, Minnesota state's ultimately the big game, the big weekend, because that's the second weekend series. But when you look at the other ones, Quinnipiac comes in with not, not really riding anything back to back. It's detrimental. Um, And you get them at home. And then you get Michigan Tech at home. And you get Denver at home. And they're on the first of the month of each month. So you get that time in between. It's not like you're going like in the NCHC where you get Minnesota, Duluth, St. Cloud State, North Dakota, right down the line, Western. You know, you could face them four games in a row if you're if you're a team like, um, you know, who got thrown there, like say Denver. Or Denver Colorado could go, College or whatever. Yeah, they can go four weeks in a row of having Minnesota, Duluth, North Dakota, Western and St. Cloud State, and they have nothing they can do about it because that's their mm-hmm. conference schedule. Okay, the other thing I quickly want to touch about is that Coach did tell me that they uh, are definitely getting closer to a conference. Uh, I still think it's going to wait till the arena, but they're definitely getting He knows the importance of it. I'm going to give you his, his take on it. He told me that he had a conversation at the ACHA level with the guys up at UNLV, and he told uh, the GM, Z Khan, that 
that they needed to join the Western Collegiate Hockey Conference. Right. Um, the WCCHL, however I miss that. Um, That's all right. It, it's it's he, another acronym. Yeah. He's, he said it's important that you guys play in the conference. And they said, yeah, but we're playing these other good competition, and we play those guys anyway. And he said, no, it's not. He said, you, you get in a conference, so you can win a trophy. He said, go win your conference trophy. He said, right now as an independent, you're not playing for anything except wins. He said, go win a trophy. Tell you guys what, show you guys what it's like to win a conference. And, and that's your next step. He told me over and over again on the Sunday special, I'm teasing it. It's coming up October 6th. Um, but he did tell us a little bit about uh, the importance of winning at the ACHA level before you step up to the NCAA level. He thinks that everything is in place at UNLV to take the next step pretty much except the winning. Well, listen, um, the winning opened up eyes. Yeah. You know, that's that's what happened uh, in Tempe. The the winning opened up eyes and made it a topic of conversation. Um, you know, the, 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 it's pure and simple. Uh, if they don't win that national championship, does Justin Emerson actually ask the question to Ray Anderson? What would yeah. it take to go right. D1? Who knows? Uh, he may have asked it anyway, but who knows? Um so, you know, you got to take it one step at a time. I, I understand what you're saying about building first. Um, I think that that decision will come down. Uh, well, I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> you're on my fence. You're on my fence. Uh, Let me go to so, my garage and get my what, shovel. But um, so when, do you, when do you think they go hockey east, Paul? Um, I'm ready for it right now. That makes that <laughs> makes it easier are. for me to go see more games. You know? Um, yeah. But, well, uh, the only way they don't... It, here's my estimation. The only way they don't go Hockey East is if something happens in the next two years where a team or two pops up with a new program and forces realignment again and it becomes a Western-type conference. But yeah, well, that, that, that's that not going to happen. happen. Well, it can't listen. happen too soon, and the problem with it is, is if Illinois comes in, they're a Big Ten. That's a lock. If um, if UNLV were to come in, they would probably be an independent like ASU for a couple more years, and then then you got to see what happens with Denver and Colorado College and Air Force. Do they finally go like, hey, we got Denver, Colorado, Air Force, UNLV, well, Arizona State? Let, 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 let me say this. Okay, as long as you brought it up. Um, first of all, I don't think Air Force ever leaves Atlantic hockey because they want to be with Army. All right. So I don't think they ever leave. It would take a lot probably for them to leave. Uh, secondly, uh, this kind of ducktails a little bit your conversation you had last weekend with uh, Brendan Shaw. And one of the things that picked my, that, that poked me in the ear uh, and, and really got my attention is the fact that he sat there and said to you, I was talking to members of the USC athletic department. Yeah. <laughs> he did say that. Okay. He did say it now. And I understand what he Can I burst his bubble about. and your bubble on that one for a minute. Well, but, 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 but 
and, and okay. you could do that in a, in a second. You could say it in a second. But we know that Oregon and Washington have a lot of resources. Whether they decide to use them towards hockey is another story. Maybe after the Seattle, and I'll just you call them the Metropolitans for now because that's what they were 100 <laughs> years ago. Um, maybe after they come and, and start playing, the momentum builds towards Washington. Uh, Oregon or Oregon State, if they really wanted to start a program or the benefactor, shall we say, of the Oregon school athletic departments, <clears throat> for like, um, decides he wants to have one of those schools start a hockey team, he could do his own Terry Pagula routine and write a big check. Um, but USC and Stanford of the Pac-12 schools, those schools are private schools. They have a lot of money. And at least according to everything you read, they can go whenever they want. That they would be able to start whenever they wanted. Okay. Because they have get, the money. I need to get a big pin right now and tell you that there's a problem with this. There's probably a lot of problems with it, but I'm just telling you <laughs> what, what I read and uh, what Twitter discussions I have and so forth. But go ahead. Well, now you can burst my bubble. Here's where the bubble bursts. And you got to listen to the Sunday special on October 6th, the one that wraps up with Coach Powers. He says, um, what did I say? October 6th, right? Did I say yeah, that, yeah, you did. Is That's this Sunday? No, not this Sunday. Oh, you're so going to have another one. The Sunday special, yeah, because this Sunday we got Aaron Cohen coming up. Then oh, we I got thought Lindsay you said Fry. you had Powers. No, we got Aaron Cohen, okay. Lindsey Fry, then Powers is going to wrap this whole thing up for us. Okay. And that's set up by design because I believe he is the godfather of hockey in the desert southwest. And I also believe that it's a good time to bring it out when it'll be the second. Like I told him today, I said, this is going to air after you're already 1-0. He kind of chuckled at me because they're going to play Saturday night and that'll air Sunday while they're playing. So they're going to be one and zero by then. Okay. Anyway, here's the bubble burster. The one thing that he kept pounding into my head is he said, UNLV's got potential resources. They've got right. a building. In his estimation, he said they're light years ahead of where we were when of course we they are. got ready to start because they can play at the Orleans. Right. But he said the one thing they don't have is they are not an ACHA powerhouse. And right. that has to come first. I understand that. Here, here's your problem, though, with USC and all those schools on the West Coast. They're not even powerhouses in D2. Man. So they have to develop some. They have to develop a D1 program at ACHA and then become good before they can ever – because they can't just go, hey, we're a D1 school and we're going to compete. Coach told me, he goes, you know, he said, I'll take – I'll take all the blame on this. He said what Tate Green got was really a depleted shelf because he said, I took everything that we had that right. was talent right. from the ACHA level and moved it to NCAA and all of our resources went that direction. So he said that that's important. And I think that's what's going to happen out West is they got to get to ACHA D1. Then they got to win and be competitive. And then you can take the money and the resources and step into something else. That's fine, but I, my, but my point being is those are the places that have the access to the resources. Correct. Yeah, I would okay. agree with you. Those are the places that have the access to the resources. You know who and, else does? And already has a D1 program? I don't know who you're talking about. 
Grand oh. Canyon University. Well, yeah. Well, okay. I thought you were to talk about somebody else, but that's okay. Let me tell you somebody um, else. Let me tell you somebody else. The University of Arizona. Who? I don't acknowledge their yeah. existence. So <laughs> let's just let's just um, let's just forget that. Um, so I don't. E I will not even acknowledge them. So you can. Where do you hang out? College bar or what? Where do I hang out? Well, if I was, yes. Okay. Listen, when I was a student, one of the first places I sought out doesn't exist anymore. Of course, there was no water in the lake then either because it wasn't really a lake. There it's was, not a lake now either. Uh, well, it was the only place I could find that was showing uh, the NHL playoff games. It was a place called the Tempe Teepee, and it was right oh, behind yeah. Right behind the, the campus there, off of uh, the riverbed, which, of course, had no river at the time. So, um, but, uh, you know, so the, the, even at that level, the game has, gone, has come a long way. But, like I said, they have the resources. Um, and, and to me, even if they, I'm not going to argue with the coach because he knows better than I do. The only thing is they also have the resources to say, hey, we're going to do this. Everything's in place. We're going to take the next two or three years and start getting ready so that we don't dive in head first. And Coach has even said himself, if I had to do it all over again, I would have just kept all the ACHA players that first hybrid season. So even that has been mapped out for people if they really want to use it. Yep, exactly. All right. We hashed that all over. Um, let's let's get some uh, business notes in here and things of uh, of nature for us. First of all, as we mentioned, Coach Powers will be a guest with us every week via the uh, five minute Powers play. Um, I keep telling people this: if you want to watch and, and stick in the Sun Devil Hockey on Twitter, you got to start moving over to our College Hockey SW Weekly uh, Twitter handle because that's where everything is going to be going very it's soon. The weekly on the handle. Uh, I know it's College that. Hockey SW. I don't know. Is, is the weekly on the handle? I can't remember off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, I believe so, but... Okay. Uh, anyway. It's, well, you uh, would know. It's your handle. Yeah, yeah, you'll find <laughs> it. But anyway, um, I will do cross-referencing for a while just to, to get anybody over there, but that's where you're going to find all the NCAA stuff, and that's where you find us on the podcast for College Hockey Southwest Weekly. We think it's that important that, uh, that it has its own spot because it's NCAA hockey, and once you make it to the tournament and you're um, a team that's looking to win a national title soon, um, yeah, you deserve your own spot. So okay. Paul and I will be there. Um, well, we'll be, yeah, okay. We'll be, work <laughs> we'll be working on, on getting some, some good sponsorship behind us to improve things because we can always, always use that. Right now, we'll thank our friends at M-Drive, College Bar and Grill, and, of course, our good friends at OxyPow that get the stink out of stuff. Um, by the way, Paul, did you happen to catch our fantastic Friday first one last week? You mean the one with two winners? Yeah, yeah. I never do that. I never do that. I had to text Jay Jay Hannon over at Oxypol and say, "Is this going to be okay if I do this?" Because, I mean, how could you not? I mean, up at UNLV, Anthony Vigneri Greener, his his grandfather was the the patriarch of that UNLV program for years, and him passing away and having. Anthony go through the first game that, that Gramps wasn't there. Like he said, he used to call him on the road every night after a game, whether they were on the road or home or whatever, and said, tell me what happened. Tell me what you, what happened. 
he wanted the details. So uh, I know it was tough on Anthony. They came out, got a win. They actually got a sweep of uh, Colorado last weekend. So that was deserving. And and the first uh, ACHA D2 game was played right here at ASU. And, and one of the guys that's been around since the very beginning, I've known him since day one with us, is Lucas Lomax from, from NAU. And you know, to go out and score a hat trick on the first night out, they only had two practices prior to that game. For him to go out and score a hat trick, and it wasn't just a hat trick, it was an even strength, a shorthanded, and a power play goal. So, nice. um, if that doesn't deserve Fantastic Friday, I got a kick out of his teammates. So, they were all telling Coach uh, Johansson that they were going to perform a little harder now on Friday nights to see if they could win that award. Okay, whatever <laughs> it takes, right? Yeah, he said, no, 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 no. You perform that way every night, not just on Friday nights. Uh, All right. So we got a lot to talk about next week. We'll have uh, more stuff on the ice as they prepare for Mercyhurst in two more weeks. <clears throat> it seems like it's a long ways away, but it really isn't. It's really means that, that really means that we basically have – oh, no, it's still two podcasts. We have two more of these to do before Two more the podcasts starts. before the season starts. Yep. Two more of them. And one of them, I'm sure, will be preseason <laughs> polls. So yep. uh, that'll be taken yeah. care of. So we got one week to fill. Yep, exactly. To fill? There's nothing to fill. We just have good stuff to talk about. That's all uh, we you do. Know what I, that's, you know what I mean. It's a term. All right, folks. Hope you enjoyed the uh, the podcast. Stick tuned with us on any of the sources of your podcast, whether it be Apple um, Podcasts or you go to Podbean, which is our home, the Podbean Podcast, or anywhere. Just search for College Hockey SW Weekly, and you'll find us. So for uh, my friend Paul Hornstein out on, on Long Island and back at school, and the weather's changing for him. It's almost changed for us. I believe it's down to around 100 right now. That's so, good. That's good. Yeah. yeah it was, sweat, it was the, close to 80 sweat, today. Sweat's still here. So, um, But, yeah, we're getting ready for college hockey. The Sun Devils are on the ice. The media availability has started. So um, next week maybe we'll talk a little bit about a new arena. How's that sound? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Tell okay, Chris Grando what? Long okay. Island says hi. Okay, so you don't want to talk about the new arena. Let's quickly talk about Johnny Walker scoring 30 goals. Or if you want, we can talk about the magic number being 24 because that's what it's going to take to get in the NCAA tournament. Um, we can talk about New Jersey's. We can talk about <laughs> we can talk about Al in the locker room, the dog. <laughs> um, why don't we save that for next week? All right, Paul. Have a good week. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We'll see you next week on College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refind your prime with M-Drive.